1: Hello and welcome to Attacking Third, a CBS Sports Soccer Podcast. I'm Sandra Herrera, lead NWSO writer for CBS Sports, joined today, as always, by my colleague and co-host, Lisa Roman, broadcaster and analyst for CBS Sports. On today's episode, we're going to be doing a midweek recap of the Washington Spirit versus Portland Thorns and a weekend preview of NWSL matches and we're going to chat a little bit about some breaking news as well. But before we get into all that, thanks everybody for joining us live. Uh, you can watch all our episodes and exclusive interviews on YouTube. So go ahead and subscribe to our page to get notified whenever we go live at youtube.com slash attacking third. And thank you to everyone for voting us in the people uh, for the People's Choice Podcast Awards. Thanks to all of you who have advanced. Uh, we've advanced the final round, and that means we need your help uh, a little bit more now than ever. Uh, so the preliminary voting was for nominations, and this is for uh, all the marbles, quite frankly. So if you voted for us before, check your email because about a third of you We'll be getting an email asking you to vote for the final round. So check your spam folders for an email with the subject line podcast awards final slate voting. And you can vote for attacking third to win the best female hosted podcast. Thank you all so, so much. We got to get into it, Lisa. This is going to be a little bit of a lengthier episode just because of some of the things we got to chat about. A game to recap, a ton of games to preview, but some breaking news as well. Let's start with that. How are you doing today?
0: Um, I'm good. There's definitely a lot happening. We were actually supposed to go live a little bit earlier than we planned. Then some breaking news happened. We had to collect yeah. ourselves a little reset. Yeah, we had to collect ourselves, reset, change this thumbnail. I was like, <laughs> hold on. I need to change some things uh, because there is breaking news in the NWSL.
1: Yeah, so uh, we'll just jump right into that news coming out of new jersey new york gotham fc the club announced that uh, both gotham and scott parkinson have decided to part ways at this time uh during the season um quite frankly uh you know this the timing of this i think lisa you and i were chatting a little bit as we were again going through the reset of the of the episode uh we were talking a little bit about the timing of this and and you know, it happening now, and if this was something that was maybe surprising for, for some folks, or maybe one of these things where it just sort of felt like the writing was on the wall.
0: Yeah, this is, um, maybe I'm surprised at the timing of it, and and that is something that you and I said, but um, not at all surprised, because when you look at really where Gotham is in the standings, and how they've done this year, and, and really... Even when you go back to the preseason and our preseason predictions of Gotham, we we expected them to do great things. They had Chris, they would added Christy Mewis, uh, international U.S. international midfielder, to their roster, um, and just done so many things there with a little bit of moving pieces, adding Allie Krieger, Ashlyn Harris into the mix. Um, but it, Gotham, they're in eleventh place in the standings right now. They've got twelve matches played, and they're four and eight with a negative fifteen goal differential three straight losses they're coming off of. The games that they have won haven't been that pretty, frankly. Mm -hmm. It's been scrappy wins, getting them here and there, and it's been a lot of question marks. Even uh, listeners and people that join us live in our chat are saying, what can they do better? What can they do better? And it's really – they've been so defensive. They really haven't been on the attacking end. And I I don't actually think it has too much to do with Scott Parkinson and himself. He was with Chicago for years and – as a coach players love him and that's been uh the the resounding words and phrases that have continued to be um out as this news has fallen saying that um it it was really a a decision that the team made that was very difficult for both Gotham and for Scott Parkinson because he is so well liked within the organization but it, it just came down to a mutual agreement and a benefit for both sides uh, to kind of undergo this change. Now at this point in the season, it's a little interesting that this change comes now with Gotham playing 12 games already. They still have about a third of their season left to go in this uh, regular season. So at at this time, how quickly are they going to get another coach Um, kind of what the next steps are? There are a little bit uncertain, but um, at at this point, Point. I think it's uh, pretty safe to say. I think it was reported by uh, Jenna Tonelli that assistant coaches Bev Yanez and Becky Tweed will be leading training for Gotham until an interim head coach is named.
1: I mean, yeah, that sounds about right. Quite frankly, because within within the statement, you know, there's it, it reads as if it's like a mutual parting of ways. You know, an agreement on both sides here going into place effective immediately. Um, they're going to eventually name uh, a head coach but they plan on going according to the statement um, they will go through a methodical process of identifying and interviewing a talented and diverse pool of candidates to serve as head coach for the 2023 season and an interim head coach will be announced shortly so um, this coming midweek I think is you know I think that's where I'm, I'm alluding to in terms of the timing of it but I would imagine that conversations around something like this. Um, they wanted to perhaps get it right, you know, in terms of uh, agreeing apart ways and, and figuring out figuring out things like, you know, and termination of contracts, severance, et cetera, stuff like that. Um, but I'm just thinking about like, you know, where this club was perhaps like a year ago. It's almost, it's almost an official year to the date where this club brought on uh, Scott Parkinson, yeah. you know, in, all, in, in so kind of a midseason capacity. Sandra.
0: I had the same thought August 24th is when Gotham announced that head coach uh, Freya Coom would be leaving after their most recent game to go to Angel City because she had already accepted the head coaching position at Angel City that was August 24th this news drops on August 11th so yeah yeah about one year
1: yeah and um you know it's uh this is a team that, you know, kind of found themselves in a position last year where they needed to, you know, go through a vetting process of, of getting a new head coach. Uh, they, had, again, had another mutual parting of ways with their former head coach and Freya Coom, who ultimately was was tagged as, as the eventual head coach of Angel City FC. And just due to the optics of that, you know, and, uh, you know, the fact that she would eventually – have to be doing scouting and, and navigating the team through things like an expansion draft and uh, signing of players that the conflict was much greater than, than the perhaps the pros of allowing her to finish with the team. So they, you know, again, a mutual parting of ways. And then this is how Parkinson got, um, it got brought on into the club, but also like fleshing out their coaching staff quite frankly, you know, having a Bev Ynez or a Becky Tweed, you know, within this collective coaching staff. And I think there was a lot of excitement about what this team could do in yeah. 22, because they went on an incredible run. Um, as this coaching staff got put into place, Uh they were undefeated to sort of close out that, that 2021 season. They punched their ticket to the playoffs uh for the first time in many years for this East coast franchise. Um, And I think for, we'll just narrow it down to a tacky third for for you and I kind of covering NWSL and and by extension, this team, like previewing the off season, taking a look at what they were doing. We wanted to see more from this Gotham FC side. Mm -hmm. And we had anticipated that they would possibly take that next step, that this would be the year that we would see them kind of take that next step. It wasn't going to be something where they, Kind of barely made it to the playoffs. You know, this was a team that needed some help as well in those final couple of weeks with results on other uh, across the league. And that kind of kind of that little sort of decision day weekend uh, that occurred. Um, but we wanted to see, uh, you know, this team kind of take that next next step, get the convincing wins. Get, you know, be top four instead of you know just sort of inching your way in there a little bit. And we just uh, didn't see that happen. They had an off season that was perhaps somewhat challenging, but you have to look at the landscape of the league. Every other club had to prepare for a double expansion here. So we're looking at things like you're losing not just Kalen Sheridan, but you lose Dede Heritage. You make a move for somebody like Christy Mewis try to make that addition there. You bring in a couple of veterans in, in Allie Krieger and Ashton Harris, Michelle and, you know, I just wonder a little bit if maybe those moves were the, you know, aren't panning out the way that the, uh, that they thought they would, you know, I think you and I, when we're, when we've been watching this Gotham team in 2022, there's definitely been some moments where we're very, very early on. I think going back to even the challenge cup, where we were watching the team and we were just kind of like okay a little unclear about the identity right of this of this Gotham FC team and that was a question that continued to linger throughout the duration of the challenge cup throughout that entire first half of the NWSL regular season and i think that even now with this decision that's still a question I think yeah. that people are asking of this. Gotham's like, well, well, who is this team? What is their identity? And I mean, like, on the pitch. I think there's a lot of folks that look at this Gotham team and they say, okay, like, there's a, a lot of talented players here. It looks like they have fun off of the pitch, uh, love the fashion, game day, walkways, and... But that doesn't and, get like, you points on... But then, the you're, then you're looking at stuff on the pitch and and nobody really has a clear, concrete answer for that.
0: And, and that stuff doesn't get you points on the pitch and I think that uh the club overall is is making strides to be a top-notch club right they rebranded last year from Sky Blue to Gotham uh they've grown in ownership most recently announcing Sue Bird of the WNBA um joining the ranks in this one as as well as Eli Manning um NFL player joining uh, yep. part of the ownership group, so they they're making these steps and these strides to be an incredible club. And and frankly, at this point in the season, yes, it's the beginning of August. Uh, we're entering match day fourteen this weekend in the NWSL, but Gotham's only played twelve matches. They have eighteen. Yeah to go. It's still a lot of games. And if they can get a head coach in, an interim coach in, um, say in the next week, may- maybe not by this weekend, but say in the next week, that can maybe turn things around. Like Gotham still has a shot at playoffs at this point. So the fact that Are this change that? <laughs> mathematically
1: Yes. Okay, just right. because
0: they've only played 12 games. You look at other yeah. teams Washington got, like, Spirit like 5
1: games in hand over everyone. Yes.
0: Else. Yeah. Literally 5 games in hand and yeah. that might be the saving grace for Gotham because right now in the standings, Washington Spirit and Gotham both have 12 points. They sit 10th and 11th respectively, Washington and then Gotham. But Washington played has played 16 games and Gotham has right. only
1: played 12. I love numbers. You love numbers, right? We yeah, love the stats. Them. We love the data, right? So mathematically, yes. Yeah. New Jersey, New York, Gotham FC squad are technically still in position to pull off a miracle and and try to make the playoffs again. So let's talk hypothetically then instead. <laughs> do you think right now at this current state that this team, as constructed, as they currently play their soccer games? Week to week, are gonna make a run and go to the playoffs. My gut says I'll go first. My gut says
0: no. (laughs) No, (laughs) my gut says no too. But mathematically, they could do it. I think as much as I say it it's not fully Scott Parkinson's fault. I'm not going to take all blame off of him. He's the head coach. He's making the decisions in the player rotation um, and running the training sessions, but there's also assistant coaches and, and a lot of other personnel there. Uh, it's not fully his fault, but it's also not completely not his fault. So yeah, maybe I- it depends on who they bring into this situation, but how, how much can they really turn this around? Yeah. Like, I think maybe this could be the shakeup that the players need. Frankly, we talked about mm-hmm. bringing in, we bringing did. in Ashlyn Harris, Allie Krieger, Christine U.S. They've got Mitch Purse up top. They've got Paige Monaghan, who's done a lot. They've got um, Zerboni in the midfield. Like, they have pieces, and maybe this is the shakeup they need. Maybe this has been the conversation for the last few weeks. Hey, how is Scott doing? Do we like yeah. him? What's happening here? And, I mean, who knows? Gotham plays this weekend. We'll kind of see how it pans yeah. out in that sense. But who's going to be the fill-in?
1: yeah, no, that's a, that's the big burning question, right? I think maybe we gotta answer, try to answer that one next. I think at this point of the season, you you gotta give it, you gotta give it a bet. you gotta give it to Yanez. you gotta let tweed yeah. continue on. You gotta let them try to finish out this season, quite frankly. I, I understand that they're going to be doing what do they refer to it as a very very lengthy methodical vetting mm-hmm. process for a head coach in twenty twenty three. And that's great. Start now with that. Start now. Do it now for 2023. I just think you got to roll with the duo that are there right now. They're leading the trainings right I now. I agree.
0: Frankly, I agree completely with uh, Ynez stepping in. I mean, you look at Houston when they lost former head coach James Clarkson and he was put on suspension. Uh, Sarah Loudon stepped in and she turned that Houston team around a few months ago and, and started racking up wins and getting points. So I agree that the assistants know um, how it's been happening, and they've also seen what hasn't worked over the last several months, and they can make those changes. Um, I'm going to throw another name out there. Mark Parsons, former head coach of Portland Thorns. He went to Netherlands. He was let go from the Netherlands head coaching manager position, Will he come back to the NWSL. I don't think yet, but I wouldn't put it in the question for 2023. I wouldn't. No
1: i've seen uh mark parsons coach mitch perch before and i don't want to see it again so i i like i like the idea i think i think i think naturally because it's a big name it's a name with experience Continue. you know it's a name Peter, that i think people might think that but honestly like with all respect to mark parsons i mean he's someone who also made a decision for himself as well i mean the whole point of of leaving nwsl was yes it was a great opportunity to try to coach at the international level with a very good team in the netherlands um but also a way to get back home technically to europe you know coaches want those things for themselves as well not just not just the players you know who want to try to make those moves for themselves so i don't know if um I don't know if he would make that move, you know, for himself or with his family, quite frankly. I, I think that's um, a great I also, point because he did want to get home. Yeah, I, I also think it's going to depend a lot on, you know, who who Gotham want to identify. Do you think you know? they would
0: reach out to him and be like, hey, Parsons?
1: I think that I think that Gotham is going to be the ones being reached out to. I think that they're going to be the ones flooded. With a lot of interest. I don't know if they're going to have to be casting those nets as wide as they need to. Listen, this is a franchise. I'm, I'm reiterating, I think I'm going in circles here. This <laughs> is a franchise that people are going to want to be yes, a part totally. of. They went through their reprint. They've got, they're announcing almost like new investorship within their franchise um, constantly, it almost feels like. And listen, there are good players on this team. Totally, you're going to tell coaches that they're going to have, they're going to get to go to one of the biggest sports markets in the world, number one, you're and they're going to have an opportunity to try easy. to coach, you know, Christy Muis Margaret Purse a Anumanu, that's you don't have to sell yourself. So I, I would imagine that they're again they're going to go through their process, but I don't know if they're going to need to cast that net as wide as as people anticipate. There's going to be folks who are going to probably be reaching out to them and say, hey, how do I get in line for this process to be vetted and, and interviewed and so on and so forth.
0: So I'm going to shout you. out our chat right now because we are live on YouTube. Thanks everyone, <laughs> if you're doing that live. Are they we snapping off? Are they a lot, up? Of, a lot of names in here. Uh Lucy, shouting out. Carly Lloyd, she played for Gotham and retired last year. She is a part owner. Uh, will she be a coach? I don't think yet. Um, but but also we've seen, I don't think being a part owner will deter her from coaching. I just don't think she wants to coach at this point in her career. Um, I think she kind of wants to be on the business side of things, take a step back. I know she's gotten into golfing at this point. But I uh, I don't see her becoming the coach, but not because she's a part owner of Gotham. Because yeah. hey, we saw that happen with Amanda Cromwell. She was a part owner of Angel City. She got the job at Orlando. You drop your investment with the
1: club and you become the coach. So <laughs> card owners, what does Eli Manning got to do to get on the, the sidelines <laughs> for, <laughs> for Gotham FC? No, I definitely do not want to see that either. Oh, uh, we're talking about that kind of stuff, but you know, I just, I'm curious. I I'm curious about that direction. Yeah. I'm curious about um in, in terms of their vetting process, who is going to be like, what are they going to be talking to their candidates about, about what they want to see happen with their club? What's the vision on the pitch for this team moving forward? And I think that, you know, at the time of, you know, we're talking about a year ago now, bringing on Parkinson, I think that that was probably the top candidate for them. Yep. This was some, somebody, this doesn't, what I'm about to go into doesn't maybe necessarily um, exist quite yet in the NWSL, but I'm, I'm going to start talking about like coaching trees. And we see that a lot more in other professional leagues we you know you could point it out in a league like the NBA you can point it out in a league like the NFL coaching trees where you have like really prominent experienced coaches and coaching and and assistant coaches or other coaches within their staff start getting vetted for like head coaching opportunities so we're looking at somebody like Parkinson who maybe that could have been the start of of a little bit of a coaching tree in NWSL because Parkinson is someone who's been tied to Laura Harvey Mm -hmm. in this league for quite some time, has been part of her coaching staff, uh, you know, in in a number of teams. Uh, This is a, this is a, A head coach who was talked about very highly still in in Utah circles, quite frankly, uh, during the Royals days, uh, joined up with the Chicago Red Stars in in 2020. And that's that was an incredibly difficult year for the league, period, because we're talking about the height of the pandemic, this league having to be the first. Uh, you know, contact sport uh, back, in team sport back into play during the pandemic, playing in a bubble, you know? That's a very, very high, high-stakes emotional thing to go through with the team. And you hear everything out of Chicago from players, specifically, mm-hmm. about Parkinson and the way he is as a person, the way he is as a coach. So when they made this hire, there was a very, there was a lot of high praise around uh, Parkinson. And it sort of felt like, I think, you and I we spoke to the GM and yeah was just, that was one of those things i think that she said surprised her she's like she knows about Bevinez you know that's a former teammate of hers and she was like she was equally surprised to see all of the same amount of respect and and love sort of being shown to Parkinson and in terms of the announcement as well. So she was like, I think we made <laughs> yeah higher. And, and when Parkinson came in, in the middle of the 2021 season, about one
0: year ago, he led Gotham on a winning streak towards the end of the season. They, they did not lose and they made it into the playoffs towards the end yeah. of it. Mm-hmm. Something that um, uh, the New Jersey team sky blue Gotham had not previously done and been consistent at before getting into the playoffs. So yeah. I think there is something to be said there, um, but, it did not work out this year. Things did not pan out, and it's a mutual goodbye from
1: both sides. Uh, we'll see. I guess I'd uh, never say never. <laughs> this, uh, this season has a number of teams, I think, in that bottom half of the table who might have some you know some different <laughs> coaching decisions to make towards uh, the end of the season. So we'll see if uh, Scott Parkinson gets another shot in NWSL, but uh, that's where we're at right now. Mutual parting of ways, interim coach yet to be named, we both think they should hand the keys over for the rest of the season to Bevy Nez and Becky Tweed. Yeah, sure. We will see how that continues to develop, but let's touch a little bit quickly before we start previewing NWSL matches this weekend. There was a midweek match that took place just last night. We had the Washington Spirit versus Portland Thorns at Segra Field. We both chose a draw in this one, Lisa, we were so So close. You could almost taste it. I think that's how I felt when I was watching this a little bit. But the Thorns were not to be denied. 2-1 victory for Portland on the road. Tell me your thoughts of this match. This game was nuts.
0: Um, my the first thought that comes to mind is just absolute nuts chaos. Um, there was lightning in the D.C. area in, in Leesburg, Virginia, where Segra Field is. So this game automatically was off to a slow start. Fans couldn't enter the stadium. The players' warm up was. Skew from the start and thrown off because of the lightning in the area. And then after Portland announced their starting lineup, um, it was then announced that Sophia Smith would be taken out of that starting lineup and Marissa Everett, Everett would replace her. Smith not even available throughout this match after that point. So there were so many things that happened even before the whistle blew, Sandra, that I was like, ooh, this is just Nuts! NWSL, after dark, midweek, nuts action. And this game gave a lot of everything. It was back and forth. We saw a lot of good soccer. Frankly, we saw Washington Spirit controlling a lot of the ball towards the beginning half of this game. Um, We saw really great things, I think, from players like Rodman. Hatch getting 90 minutes after only playing 45 last week on the weekend. That was something we had talked about in our preview. How many minutes would Hatch get? Uh, Tara McKeown up top. There was lots of moving parts for both of these sides. And ultimately, the goals didn't start coming until after the 75th minute. And it was chaos ensued. And the way that Washington was able to get on the board first – Um, was an own goal by, by Bella Bigsby, Portland Thorns goalkeeper. She ends up making a great save off the line. Then she ends up catching the ball on a corner kick where there was so much pressure from Washington. She catches the ball and she ends up backpedaling just to give herself some space, not understanding her awareness on the pitch and, and goes right into the goal. She tries to throw it out. Hatch ends up the insurance kick to find the back of the net, but it turns out to be an own goal. Um, and, and that was something that I was like, wow, Washington just scored
1: <laughs> wow um, my
0: goal after putting so much pressure on, like defensively defensively Aubrey Kingsbury had four saves Bella Bigsby seven saves throughout this match but Portland would come back score two goals Christine Sinclair getting the first one in the 84th minute and she was hype after that goal it was almost like a rock around uh, get it past Kingsbury and just find the back of the net and then 92nd minute so two minutes into the stoppage time Morgan Weaver Beautiful, beautiful shot. She's got a lot of space. She dribbles centrally and and just rips it past Kingsbury, who's fully outstretched and and can't save it. But this game had everything, and there was so much chaos. And if you just look at the last 15 minutes, that's not even it, because the chaos started at 7 o'clock before the game was even supposed to kick off up until the time that the first whistle blew.
1: I just... Impressive. Uh, Portland scored all the goals uh, in this match. Quite, I couldn't believe what we saw kind of like unfold there with that uh, that own goal. Initially, it was just, I guess, the epitome of, of chaos, quite, quite frankly. Um, but it also sort of felt like, hey, maybe this is the type of break that this Washington spirit could use or need at this moment. They've been on a winless streak for a very long time now. And maybe they needed something as wild and ridiculous as that to sort of happen and maybe shake things up a little bit. Uh, But as far as midweek games go, um, I enjoyed this one. I think sometimes they could definitely feel a little bit clogged, a little bit of a grind. Um, And I know that in the preview we chatted a little bit about this one being hosted by the Spirit at Segerfield and how tough of uh, of a pitch that is to play on. But again, I think one of the things that we were talking about also in the preview is just like the complete differences of, you know, within the standings between these two teams in terms of their momentum at the moment. You've got a spirit team that are fighting for every single point that they can get right now at this stage of the season. And you've got a Portland Thornside that are on a in, just incredible form right now, just yeah. on a remarkable run, I believe they have now extended their undefeated streak to double digits. I believe it's 11 at this point. That is that is outstanding <laughs> when you're yeah. talking about, like, streaks as far as streaks can go in this league. That is ridiculous. Um, so watching them kind of put together this kind of late-game run on the road just, I think, is another check of, of the many boxes of this Portland Thorns team that makes them – kind of scary to go up against right now but while we're talking about this game and teams in the bottom half of the table we talk a lot about gotham right now with their breaking news but with the spirit a, d- a little bit of a different energy i mean we talked about gotham you know off of their game and i'm just like i'm not seeing it like the the, the yeah. body language is also equally bad on the pitch it's just not there and then you see this spirit side. like i thought trinity rodman had an incredible game last night she was Everywhere, um, just sort of just sort of continuing to show that she's like not like in any kind of sophomore slump whatsoever, and putting together these really strong performances and also like on really quick turnarounds, you know. So again, it's just um, I would imagine there's a, a layer of frustration there for the yeah. spirit to not be able to to find the breakthrough and get these wins, especially as their season is winding down rapidly more than some other teams, they don't necessarily have those games in hand right now. They, these losses will tend to weigh heavier because of this.
0: Yeah. And and looking at some of the numbers you mentioned, Portland's um, undefeated streak right now, they haven't suffered a road loss this season yet in 2022, which I think is incredibly impressive. And on the flip side of that, Washington spirit is on a 15 game winless streak right now, which, yeah, is tied for second in the NWSL for the longest winless streaks. And we talked about the numbers with Gotham. I'm going to bring them up again because they play a role in this. There are It's 22-game season for all of these teams, and Washington Spirit has played 16 games up until this point, last night being their 16th. And the Spirit has 12 points on this year. With six games left, if they win all six of these games, they will get 18 points 30 points total. That's against two matches against Houston, San Diego, Gotham, Angel City, and Kansas City. Washington has to win out all six of those games. When you look at some of the other teams that are in the standings, OL Reign right now is at number six at the bottom of that playoff line uh, with 21 points and they've played 15 games. So if they win their next three, they're at 30 points and Washington is out. Angel City is, they need four wins to get to 30 points, um, depending on where they are in the standings right now. So yeah.
1: and they're gonna have more games to try to do that. Washington
0: needs to win out from here on out in order to get into the playoffs, and that's an incredibly, incredibly yeah. big ask from this team. Is it possible? Yeah.
1: Mathematically, of course, hypothetically, not looking good. Doesn't feel good, I think. If not you're if you're good. on the Washington spirit side of things, quite frankly. I mean, you've been going um this long in terms of, you know, uh, a winless streak for as long as you've been going. It's a it's going it's hard to turn that around at this point, And then B, it's hard to turn it around and then say, OK, we'll just go on a six game win streak now yeah. and it'll be fine. Oh, sure. Tough. Yeah.
0: Super tough to do. And uh, they're traveling. um It's yeah, that's a, it's a really tall task. But, hey, we don't see Washington again until the 27th. They've got two weeks of a bye week. So maybe. Yeah, that'll
1: be the ticket that they. Yeah, hand. maybe we'll uh, we'll have to we'll have to revisit them in a couple of weeks. Uh, Portland also not going to be playing this weekend, but there are going to be a number of teams uh, setting up for action across this uh, NWSL weekend slate of games. So we're going to be back with a preview of all those matches right after a quick break. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDIC. Let's chat about some NWSL action. We've got games going from Friday through Sunday. Let's go ahead and start with Friday's match. We've got Houston Dash versus Racing Louisville. This one's kicking off at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. We chatted a little bit about the breaking news for the Houston side with Rachel Daly, uh, officially transferred to Ashton via FC, but she's actually going to be at this home game to say goodbye, uh, say her farewell to fans, and go ahead and um, cheer the Dash one last time. And then on the racing side of things, I guess some news for them. Uh, Their head coach recently fined, coming out of the August 2nd match against Ole Rain for approaching – officials during that match. So two very different types of news uh, coming in around this team. But when it comes to this match, Lisa, who do you got and why? So
0: this match, uh, you mentioned a little bit of of the the news there with Rachel Daly being at this match, um, Kim Bjorkigren getting the fine, which is like, frankly, nothing new for coaches in the NWSL this year. <laughs> but between yeah. these two sides, Houston is coming off of a monstrous win over O.L. Reign at Lumen Field, the first time a team has done that, and it was the Houston side with uh, the crown, the Golden Crown, going to Ebony Salmon, who's been a player that has just been incredibly on fire for this Houston dash side in these last couple of games. Uh, Meanwhile, Racing Louisville, they're coming off of a 1-1 tie with Washington, and they scored first in that match against Washington, but then they gave up a goal, and uh, there's something about not being able to close out a a game that racing Louisville has just struggled with this game being played in Houston. um, Houston's on an incredible tear right now where they're just winning games. There are three games uh, that they've just won Ebony Salmon doing a fantastic job, but, um, then f- for this team with Rachel Daly on the sideline, I give Houston Dash the upper hand. Uh, frankly, I think they're going to get the win, take their three-game win streak and, and up that to four, um, and and hand Racing Louisville its first loss in three matches.
1: Louisville's been scrappy, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll give him that. And um, I do wonder if we're uh, venturing into the point of the season where, yes. Mathematically, there are teams in the second half of
0: we're doing a the lot of table. math
1: today. Yeah, we're <laughs> a lot of math. I was told there would be zero, and now there's a bunch. Yeah, um, this is why we got this sports broadcasting, yeah, not for the math. <laughs> so I think that we're getting to the point where there's a number of teams in this second half of the table where yes, mathematically, they're gonna try to be competing for every point, every win that they can't, to try to push maybe for one of those lower playoff seeds, a fifth or a sixth spot, potentially. Um, but within that, if for whatever reason it starts to turn a corner and maybe those spots are a little bit further out of the reach, we start seeing the mentality shift a little bit in terms of looking at teams who are potentially playing spoiler. And we talked a little bit about that. And I said that, um, you know, you feel like Orlando is one of those teams that can maybe go on a run and shock some some people and get a playoff spot. I I see them more as a team as playing spoiler as well. And I think maybe I'm looking at this Louisville side and kind of putting them in a similar category as well. I don't think it's going to be during this match. I'm with you in that I think Houston has more of the pieces to get a win in this one, and I think they're going to do it. Ebony Salmon has been incredible for this uh, Houston Dash side. She's been on a ridiculous run right now in terms of uh, goal production for this team. I'm here for the revenge tour. It's been absolutely wild. And I want to see it in its headliner with Ebony Salmon returning to face racing Louisville. And I want to see another big game out of this player. So, so I, I think I think that Houston's gonna have enough here to to get the one. Even if Salmon doesn't get on on the scoreboard, I think just like the spirit of Rachel Daly will just I, sort I, of break I, through yeah. and so like I, be enough.
0: I was going to ask you that Ebony Salmon six goals in the last three games. She's coming off a brace over OL Reign. Does she score in this one?
1: <sighs> you know what?
0: Can she go Can she four go straight four games? I think goals? that she. I think
1: that she could. I think that she could. I think that what the Dash are doing right now in the league and what what they've done period this year and how they've done it under the circumstances in which they've done it is going to be, and is currently one of the biggest storylines out of the NWSL regular season in 2022. And I frankly don't think it's being talked about enough. I mean, we're talking about a team that part ways with its head coach on an administrative leave, just as the regular season was starting due to ongoing investigations, had an interim coach in place in Sarah Loudon, and now have a new head coach and they are still playing the way they're playing they have been playing without their face of the franchise and now will continue to play without her as she's officially being transferred and they're still out there picking up wins and getting results and they're doing it as a collective unit which is what's most impressive from this houston dash side so i see this team as you know going out there getting another result quite frankly, trying to, to make some noise and contend a little bit with the with the shield. You know, I think Portland is is starting to turn a little bit of a corner and maybe kind of like dig their, you know, dig their hands a little bit, you know, tighter around that shield. But we'll see. Anything can happen. There's still X amount of games left, right? So I just think on the other side of things with racing, they haven't necessarily hit that stride yet. And you and I, we've had the opportunity to talk to a number of racing players on this podcast and specifically, uh, younger players as well. But this is a team that's in a kind of a mixed phase right now. They have some really good experienced pieces and somebody like a Jessica McDonald or Gemma Bonner or Nadia Nadeem. But they've also got like really, really young players that they're like working into their system and working in as professionals, whether that's a Savannah DeMello or a Jalen Howell. So it's just kind of this mixed bag a little bit right now, but they're obviously doing enough to present challenges to oppositions. And I have a feeling that this might be one of those games where there, there might be some of those challenges that are presented, but I just still think that the dash are going to break through on this one. So I'm going with Houston as well. I agree. I I'm agree. sticking with Houston. Let's go. Let's talk about Saturday. we got a doubleheader in this one, North Carolina courage versus Kansas city current. This one is kicking off at 8 PM Eastern. Look, We've been high on the current, Lisa. Who are you choosing in this one and why?
0: I mean, North Carolina is just draw after draw after draw after draw. They're coming off a 3-3 draw over Portland, 3-3 with Washington, 2-2 with Chicago. Um, but it, they've scored in their last three games. They, they've scored many goals, right? Um, eight goals in their last three games. But they've also conceded just as many as that because of all these draws. Dania Ordonez, uh, she scored a brace in the last two games for North Carolina. Um, I think she's getting on the board again. We, we just talked about Salmon with Houston. I think Diana Ordonia scores in this one, but I still think Kansas City is going to win. Uh, they're coming off a big 2-1 win over San Diego. It could have been 3-1. They had a penalty kick that was saved by Keelan Sheridan. Um, Kansas City is just unstoppable right now. They're on a, a great nine-game um, undefeated streak at this point, and I think that continues to 10. I give Kansas City the win.
1: Okay, so we're going to deal with that. I, I'm not going to lie. I was going back and forth with this one in terms of draws because North Carolina has showed us that it's it's tough for them to win, but if there's one thing they can do, they can squeak out a draw, and they can do that against upper half table competition and not just any old tired draws. We're talking about like wild, high-scoring type yeah. of draws. So I was going a little bit back and forth, in this one. Curious about if this was the game where the two teams kind of match up well against each other and that ultimately that could lead to something like a draw between these two sides. But Kansas City is on a really good run themselves right now in terms of their form. I really like what we're seeing out of CC Kaiser as each week goes by, she gets a little bit more acclimated to this team as they made a you know a move for her kind of uh, mid season there during that trade window. Um, but more than that, I'm also really liking at um, least Bennett like not like refusing to not go a game without making some sort of impact and it's kind of been in this bit of a off the bench kind of role right um but that hasn't seemed to slow her down which is what has impressed me most about her game so i'm a little curious as to you know a number of things in this match the personnel that's going to be available um i know with the current with the courage it's it's been a little hit or miss in terms of personnel that have been available for, for games for them. And uh, I do wonder if something like a home field advantage for the courage is something that even exists for them right oh, now. And I think maybe in terms of like the concept of like, hey, you don't have to travel. You get to stay like sleep in your own bed and you just got to like focus on training for for the game. Um, but I don't know if if I think of, of the courage and then playing at home and, and, and carry this year as something where it's like a, a tough place for opposition to play. So I'm looking at a Kansas City side to kind of come in here and continue their form. I'm also going with Kansas City in this match, and uh, I would really like to see maybe another breakout game from uh, Kristen Hamilton. I think she's due for one, quite frankly, and there's nothing like going up against your own club. So I hope uh, she has a big day for Kansas city in this match. Let's talk about the next one, Lisa. We've got San Diego wave FC versus Orlando pride to close things out on Saturday, 10 30 PM Eastern. I don't know. You've been high on the pride. Lisa, who you got in this one? I have been high on Orlando pride. I mean, they're just
0: at a point right now in the season. We, um, what they're they're coming off three ties, right? But before that, they had a win and then a couple more ties in there. But San Diego is coming off of their first loss. Uh, this match is in San Diego. It'll be in um, California, Orlando having to travel for this one. But between these two sides, um, despite Orlando playing spoiler at this point in the season, going up against this number two ranked San Diego Wave team that has put together incredible games o- over the last couple of weeks. They've really come together as a team, um, found that passing pattern, been able to uh, possess the ball with a purpose. Now, the, the losses that they're coming off of against Kansas City most recently, um, and then a really tight win over Chicago. That was perhaps a bit lucky for San Diego. Um, have they hit a slump at this point in the season at the same time that Orlando has hit this next gear where they can kind of power through, keep going. Uh, I think this is where it stops or maybe gets put into place for Mm -hmm. Orlando. I have San Diego winning this match, but, um, I'm looking for some goals, maybe a two, one, a three, two in this match, but I still give San Diego the win over Orlando. What about you? How are you going with you got the Wave, the Pride, in this one at Torreyo Stadium?
1: Look, um, the San Diego Wave have made Torreo their home. They're going to be pivoting pretty soon to Snapdragon, but it's been a tough place for you know for oppositions to to play the Wave against for sure. But you know, Orlando Pride, I think, have been showing that they can kind of play that spoiler a little bit. And we were talking about that as recently as our previous episode last Monday, can't remember, mm-hmm. but soon recent, recent episode. But I do wonder if the same argument in terms of hitting a plateau can be made uh, for for San Diego. Quite frankly, you know, this uh, this is a team that has had some we'll just call them like kind of interesting results over over their last you know recent matches. We're talking about coming off of a two one loss, you know, against Kansas City. we're talking about a, a very narrow win over Chicago Red Stars that was incredibly physical, you know, and kind of maybe started to show some crowd. We're talking about a zero zero draw uh, against racing Louisville before that. can can a similar argument be made for the wave right now in terms of their season and where they're at right now? I think possibly, I think we could take a look at this team and say, hey, maybe this they're they're sort of hitting a certain point of the season. Where perhaps they're starting to feel the grind of that season, which is something that we talked about uh, very, very early on in the offseason when we're doing our really way too early power rankings and stuff like that. Like, how are these expansion teams going to look in the long, regular season type of grind? Mm -hmm. Very... You know, it's a different beast when you're going through something like a challenge cup and you're just like very, very quick, you know, kind of preseason-y still. But that very long lathing grind of a season can take a toll on you at times and you kind of hit the ebbs and the flows. And I'm wondering if right now this is the case for San Diego. So I just think that while Orlando is doing a good job of being able to play spoiler at times, kind of having those like second half surges specifically where they're kind of really are taking it to teams and kind of forcing the issue. I'm not too sure if this back line is ready to sort of contain Alex Morgan, contain somebody like an Amir Ali who I just, I desperately want to see get more time on the pitch for this San Diego Wave side. I think this is a game that is tailor-made for a player like Ali. So I hope that she gets some significant time in this one. I think she can maybe do some damage. We'll see. And if she does, I think they'll pick up the win. So I'm going with the wave in this one. Is nice. Cool. Let's talk about it some more. We got two more games to go through. Sunday's matches: all rain versus Gotham FC. This one kicking off at 3 p.m. Eastern. Lisa, is this the shake-up where we see the shock? No, I'm gonna be
0: frank. No, Ol Reign's gonna win this match. Um, But it Gotham, I think, could could play differently, right? Like we we don't really know what's happening in their in their coaching. Uh, right now, because Scott Parkinson has, has uh, mutually agreed to part ways with the club in Gotham FC, but for this match being played at Lumen Field um, and, and for both of these sides, Gotham's coming off three straight losses, O.L. Reigns coming off um, a loss and a tie. Their last loss against Houston was very big deal at Lumen Field. I don't think Laura Harvey lets that happen again. I don't think O.L. Reign go two for two, losing at home. Um, but it, Megan Rapino coming off a big goal, her first goal of the year for O.L. Reign in this match. We're seeing a lot of consistency from O.L. Reign at this point. Uh, they've now lost Kim Little. She's no longer with the club anymore. She went back to Arsenal. So that definitely changes things um, in terms of their attacking presence and what they can do. But for Gotham, it they, they can't possess the ball. They they're so defensive minded. They can't move forward down the pitch. And I don't think that changes in three days time, right? The the announcement was made about Scott Parkinson leaving today. Perhaps, um, the assistants took over training today. Uh, they've got training Friday and then a, a little bit of travel. And before you know it, it's Sunday and they're playing a rain. I don't think it's enough time to implement a new system, um, a new mindset in this Gotham team. And, um, Mitch Purse with three goals on the season for Gotham, that's probably it, right? And if O.L. Reign can contain her defensively, which I think defensively, O.L. Reign does a tremendous job besides Fallon Tullis-Joyce in goal, they've got Huerta, they've got Lou Barnes, they, they're they just a team that can do so well defensively that it, it won't really be a match for Gotham in this match. I have Rain winning it.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. I don't know if this this is a weekend where I'm I'm choosing a draw just because we've got the five games to go through. Um, And also just again, we're getting to this point of the season where you're looking at heavyweights versus, you know, some teams that are kind of struggling at the moment. And Gotham is probably the definition of that this this season. And I don't imagine that. The rain, who are on a little bit of a winless streak of their own, if you're looking at two games, they've got that that one-one draw against uh, Racing and kind of rolled that into that two-one loss against Houston. I would imagine that they want to get back in that win column. And I think if you're looking at this game, you're looking at the opposition that you're facing. Listen, this is this is pro sports. This is this is soccer at one of its highest level. There is nothing wrong with a team that has a ton of talent on it looking at another team and saying that's a team we could take it to and beat. There's no disrespect in that at all as far as I'm concerned. So I hope that the rain had this one on their radar and looking at it and saying like this is the game where we can absolutely – Get a you know get some goals in this game and maybe try to work some some things out in this. I mean, this is a team that we've seen all season put up some kind of wild numbers in terms of total crosses in or total shots, and sometimes walk away with very narrow score lines. So maybe this is a game where they not only get a win, but they also get uh, perhaps a. Multi-goal game in this one. I think that's something that they would like to close out their weekend uh, because this is a team that's going to also be participating in the Women's Cup. So you want to handle yeah. your business, get all three points before you participate in uh, you know a certain type of uh, exhibition uh, caliber level type of of uh, competition. So uh, I'm going with Ole Rain in this one as well. Uh, I'd like to uh, I'd like to see a Jess Fishlock banger. We'll see it, but that's the other thing too. Yes. Who's going to be available? Who's going to be available for this match? Maybe not so much in all rain, but also Gotham as well. I mean, they had a very hefty uh, uh, injury report going into that Chicago matchup. Things like COVID, general illness, you know, keeping players out. Yeah. Who's who's going to be available for Gotham? I'm, I'm not too sure. We'll we'll find out once those reports dropped. Uh, but we've got uh, the last one to go through here. Maybe one of the more interesting matches uh, of the weekend, just because it's going to be the first time for these two teams going head-to-head. Angel City FC are going to host Chicago Red Stars sunday at 8 p.m eastern you got a winner in this one lisa I honestly see this
0: one as my draw for the weekend. I know you kind of just touched on there may not be a draw for either of these sides. Angel City, Chicago, this this is my draw that I've been saving until the end of this conversation, the end of this episode. Um, This game being played at the bank in California uh, for Angel City, a home match, it definitely means something to them. But um they're coming off a midweek match as well against uh Grace femenil so it was their first international match for Angel City and because of that just kind of how Angel City's been flowing they're two winless back to back um Chicago is is coming off of a very big win that they just had over Gotham uh two goals where they just dominated the entirety of that game and and something for Angel City that they've been struggling with this year is closing out games right um before they beat Grace yesterday, Wednesday in this midweek international match for Angel City. Um, they're coming off of a 2-2 tie over Orlando Pride in, in which Orlando was able to come back and, and score, put pressure on in stoppage time at the end of that game and force Angel City into an own goal situation. It, it was unlucky perhaps, but also incredibly lucky for Orlando and and well-deserved in terms of what they were able to do. Um, before that, 3-2 loss for Angel City over O.L. Reign in a game that Angel City scored first. They were up 2-0, and then they conceded three goals in the second half of this match. So um, I-, I think this is a point in the season for Angel City, Freya Kuhn, that that they, they almost need to take a reset, right? Like, look at this week ahead of them, the match that they're playing against Chicago, a team that is uh, very good right now. Chicago is is unstoppable in terms of their defense and what they can do to to keep the ball out of the net for their opponents, but also scoring goals. We've seen Ava Cook step up. Uh, of course, Mallory Pugh step up, but the, the players for Chicago are, are there. It's just a matter of, now can they do it against Angel City? Um, and I think it'll end up being a draw at the end of this one. Perhaps a one-one. I'll give them each a goal, but um I I, a goal. I
1: I respect it. I think I think if there is the makings of a draw uh in, in any of the games this weekend, that this is a good one to to choose that. I mean, I, I think it's not necessarily a midweek match for the Red Stars. Technically it is for for Rachel City with the quick turnaround, you know. Um but also, these are two teams that hadn't, haven't faced each other yet. So there's some unfamiliarity unfamiliarity there on both sides of the pitch going into this game. And sometimes that can lead uh, to some maybe disjointed soccer, maybe physical soccer. Yeah. Uh, and it doesn't end in like a really high scoreline, right? So I think all, there are makings of a potential draw in this one. But I don't know, maybe I'm I'm still like feeling the, the hot streak of Vegas here and I want to just pick, yeah, <laughs> pick I winners and losers. I, I think when we're looking at this, when we're looking at current form, right? And you brought up a really good point about this Angel City side. They're a team that we've seen kind of shut it off a little bit towards the end of games. And that has sort of come back to bite them. I think we also have to take a look at personnel. That's available for this match, which again, we're unclear on that because the availability reports haven't um, dropped for the Sunday games quite yet. But I think if you have somebody like a a Sydney LaRue that's available, Claire MZ, I think that these are players that can present some real headaches for this back line in Chicago that are kind of hitting a reset button themselves. You know, Aaron Wright has been slotted in as a defensive back out of necessity, quite frankly. um, They've had to deal with injury back there, and they've had a number of very young players tasked with the responsibility of trying to sustain the attacks from some really good experienced offensive lines here in the league. But again, long grind of a season, right? You can't. How often can you rely on that? So they put they they've shifted some and it's more experienced player uh, in that role as well. And we saw it work out a little bit, you know. Aaron Wright kind of keeping somebody like Alex Morgan as a, as a non-threat, but that opened things up in other areas. So I do wonder if there's room here for somebody like a June Endo to have herself a day against the chicago red stars three back or somebody like a sydney larue to have herself a day against the chicago red stars because if there's someone who's pretty good at scoring against chicago red stars it's actually sydney larue so i'm i i'm a little bit curious as to how that's going to look uh, are the red stars going to continue their streak of, of scoring off set pieces we'll see they're going to have to try to earn them in this one I, I really do think this will be one of the more fun matches one of the more intriguing matches again because of the first time uh against these two teams but this is also Also, Chicago's uh, beginning of a really lengthy road trip for themselves as well. And it's going to start in a place that is very difficult to play. So perhaps maybe they'll feed off of that energy, you know, Uh, but I'm going to go with the Red Stars. They, too, themselves like to play spoiler sometimes. (laughs) I'm going to go with Chicago in this one. I like it. Say that uh, Alyssa Nair has herself a game in this one. So that's that on all the matches. We get to come back and see if we were right or see if we were wrong and talk all about that as well. Thank you all so much for joining us here at Attacking Third. Thanks to everybody who's voted for us. Uh, A reminder to check your email to see if you've been chosen to vote for Attacking Third in the final round. Uh, we're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere you listen to your shows. We're also available as videos. Subscribe at youtube.com slash attacking third. And we'll be back with more. For Sandra Herrera and Lisa Roman, this was Attacking Third.